0: Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to this episode of our podcast. Um, my name is Reenat, and we have uh, Amit uh, here with us. To, we uh, In today's episode, what we're going to talk about is API and uh, uh, the, the software platforms that we have to um, take advantage of various API uh,
1: platforms. Um, it's exciting to be again on this podcast to talk about uh technical topic uh, and uh, help uh, people understand who don't understand uh, such technical concepts so yeah
0: absolutely so um so in today's podcast we're mainly going to talk about uh, i'm going to be mainly asking questions because i have uh, less experience with api and uh, the softwares that we're going to talk about amit you are you have a lot of experience with um, Uh, Postman is one of the softwares we're going to talk about, and the API calls, what kind of APIs there are. So um, I'm mainly going to be asking you questions, and um, uh, we're going to get your knowledge across, and hopefully a lot of our viewers will get a lot of help with with this knowledge that you have. Thank Um, you so much, um, Renat, for that. Yeah, no problem. So uh, let's start with the the most fundamental question. Uh, What is an
1: API? So API is an application programming interface. Um, So think of it like a USB interface. So you have in your laptop, you have a lot of um, USB ports and using a single interface, you can connect a camera, a mouse, a keyboard, uh, anything to your computer using an interface. And it doesn't matter where you connect it to. So you can connect the same device to a laptop Also, if uh, you can connect it to a mobile phone using a different interface, um, and then you can connect it to a monitor. So it doesn't matter how you connect uh, to it because it's platform agnostic. And similarly, API was developed by programmers uh, so that the different uh, web platforms can communicate with each other. Um, So think of it like this. Uh, Suppose you have, uh, you go to a restaurant and uh, th- there is uh, the kitchen where the food is cooked and you have to order the food. You don't care how the food is cooked and how the food is served to you. All you do is you ask the waiter to show you the menu. You select from the menu a list of items that you want to eat. And then the waiter takes that order, passes it on to the sh- a chef in the kitchen. They prepare the order and send the food to your dining table. The waiter here is doing the job of an API. That's what it is.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. That's that's very interesting. So, in in um, in reality, what happens is uh, websites have um, the data within in in somewhere uh, wherever they have placed the data, but then when we when we go to that website using a web browser that's not an api is it so
1: so uh, there are ways to access another way of yeah so let me explain here so the in a web browser what you're doing is you are typing an address which is the url which everyone knows by a url and when you type that url it uh, sends the request to a server the server responses with a page Mm -hmm which is an HTML code. The browser interprets that code and displays the uh, website that you want to see. Now think of the internet as your planet, the website as the uh, address, but uh, the website as the address for finding the resource that you want, which could be a website, could be a file, could be a music, anything. Now, In your website, you want to have Google Maps API or a Twitter API or a Facebook API. What does that mean? So basically, you want to connect to Google Maps and display some information from Google Maps server on your website. You don't want to develop Google Maps from scratch. You don't want to develop all the fields and everything. There is a documentation available and what you do is you read the documentation And based on that, you make a request. It sends you the information that you have asked for, including some of its other features and properties. And then you can do whatever you want with that information. You can uh, use that API to display a graph. You can use that API to display an image. You can uh, use that API to feed into something else. So it's up to you how you want to to interpret that data.
0: So in Google Maps, when, when we want to embed, it, embed Google Maps, we don't want to create the whole maps ourselves. We just yes. want to connect to Google Maps using a, a protocol or something, using a system. And that's the API, Is that, am I correct?
1: So yes. So basically, the Google Maps API will have a documentation. You read the documentation. You request for a resource, and the resource is sent to you, and you then uh, do whatever you want with that resource. You can display it as a graph, as an image, or you can use that resource into some other uh, in some other way to develop something else. So it's up to you as a user what you want to do with that information. Um, so in in reality, what happens is. Um, you you have the API which is telling you where the resource is, how to access that resource, and what is the format in which you need to make the request in order to access that resource. So suppose the resource is a user or a list of user, okay? Now you want to get a list of users from a particular website. So you will say, okay, this is the URL of the website. And then you say, okay, this is what I want. And then you want to perform an operation. So in normal computer terminology, we use crude, which is create, read, update, delete. So similarly, for API request, you have to perform an operation, which will be get. So it gets the information from the server, post. It posts some information by creating something. Uh, Put, it updates the information and then delete, it deletes the information. So this is normally oh, right. the uh, operations that you can perform um, using um, the API application, say Postman, Swagger, or SOAP UI. Um, and then uh, based on the what resource you are requesting, the server will respond back with a response. The response could be an HTML code, the response could be a JSON, the response could be, a web page it could be a file it could be anything so so basically that's how it works
0: right and that's very interesting i mean there is only four things you know come to think about it there's everything that we do on the internet is is you can you know break it down into just these four things because with these four commands you can do anything you want to do exactly so that's that's very interesting Right. Okay. So, um, say for example, Twitter has an API, but we can also go to twitter.com and you know see all the information there. So, what can you do with API that you can't do just by going to an you know the tw- my Twitter website? I mean, why do I need API for Twitter? What would I do with it?
1: So normally, uh, if you want your website to work with Twitter, you cannot. Uh, launch the entire website and then work with it right so if you if your website shows a twitter feed so say your website is renatmalik.com and mm-hmm. in, in your website you want to show your twitter feeds but you don't want to no. open twitter web page you don't want to open the entire web page so what you can do is you can get a um a, a frame uh, a code and you can embed it on your website or you can make an api request to say okay get the top five feeds or get get the feeds from rinath and display the top five feeds in your website so this is how it works rather than ah. displaying the entire website and playing with it you just work with the features that you need
0: right 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 okay. so well, you, now can, you can upload
1: areas. the uh, the entire page on the website but you don't need the website generally when you are developing things you need part of the code. So, for example, in the project that we are working, we are using a product called Clio Harmony. Um, Uh And this is a product uh, where you can, uh, I mean, log into the product, you can download some files, you can upload some files. So you can do that using the front end, which is by logging in, or you can do that using API without opening the browser so it's up to you how you want to do developers normally prefer to test the api so that they can see and the product owners or the business analyst or the design team they would rather focus on the the front end aspect of the website rather than what happens uh, between the database and the front end
0: right 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 and it looks like it's also faster to to get information or it is because we
1: are not spending time in rendering the entire page on a browser
0: of course yeah so yes yes. that's good so how about you mentioned google maps and uh, i also mentioned twitter how about all of these major tech companies where we spend most of our time outside of work
1: like facebook so all Uh, almost all the major companies have an api or a document or in some form. So Amazon has, Twitter has, Facebook has, Google has, Microsoft has, Spotify has, GitHub has. So all the major top companies, tech companies, they have APIs to talk to. Uh, so
0: Right, yeah. okay. And in these APIs, who uses all of these APIs? Because I use Facebook and I never needed... API, why would I, I and mean, who Who are the people uses these APIs? So
1: think of it like this. So Apple has an app store, okay? Mm-hmm. And a lot of developers want to uh, create apps which can be used on iPhones or iPads or iOS, and they have to publish it on app store. Uh, so they need to communicate with Apple services, like Apple ID, things yeah. like that. So they need to f- know what is the API, how to interact with it, what kind of information I can get with that, and then uh, create an application. So normally what happens is the API is not consumed by us, by the regular people, they are consumed more, less, mostly by developers or companies who want to do some form of analytics. So suppose I want to use the Facebook API on my uh, web page to display the the trending topics or the top users or the top post or the top wow. videos things like that similarly twitter what are the top uh, twitter posts, uh, twitter rankings google maps api what is the most search location things like that i mean how how do i play with it uh, train data so i can request train data from a company and then the information comes and i can create an app out of it Ah, so okay. suppose TFL TFL shares its data through an API um, and you want to now create an app. So the app will tell, okay, these, these are the uh, train stations, these are the train times, uh, these are the routes and uh, the, current, the most uh, recent train is uh, coming at this time and now you create an app with it. So developers use Try. APIs to create apps out of it so that people like us can use it. I see, Okay, that's very interesting. It is very interesting and the the best thing is, the developers don't need to know how TFL have developed their application. They don't need to understand the internal workings. They just need to read the documentation, identify what they need to display in their website, request for that information using the API, get the response and then interpret that response Work with it and then display it in whatever way they want. So right. mostly okay. so application makes, developers use APIs.
0: Ah, okay. So it makes things very easy for developers to get yes. you know certain you know specific specific information from different websites, and they yes. then they can use that yes. information to any way they like. Okay. Okay. So um, all of these information they must be you know you know, is it free for everyone to use? Because, you know, these information are valuable. So it must be, maybe there's some sort of restriction there or? So
1: think like this, if if it is close, I mean, there are, there are basically three types. Um, you can have a private API, a public API, and a mm-hmm. partner API. A private API is internal okay. to the company. So only company has access to it. A public API is open to everyone. So, they can just go to Amazon or Google Maps API, read the documentation, and start accessing using some tokens, um, uh-huh. like an authorization key. And uh, then you have partnership, where your API is available to the partners you work with and only to them, not to the entire public. Because you want to yeah, help your right. partners. So, say you open the Amazon API to only people who are selling on Amazon rather than the I entire see. public i'm giving an example it may not be the case but i'm just giving an example
0: of course yeah no it makes sense so there are three types one is public and the apis that are public anyone can sort of sign up and uh, get information from those public yes. apis but the other ones are obviously restricted to you know either you know just the partners or the employees and that kind yes. of thing yes Okay, I yeah, know that makes sense because, you know, if all the company information was available to everyone, that would be that would be
1: dangerous. No, but, okay, but, so, here, um, here, but hear me out. So this is not the, uh, pub- uh, the company information as in who works for the company and things like that. This is information about what the company is selling, what the company wants to market uh, and things like that, which it actually wants people outside the company to have access to or maybe within so the company itself, but access to. So like an HR system will not be public, Even uh, may not be open to all the employees within the organization. Uh-huh. But yes. the uh, the documentation, a technical documentation for a particular software might be open to everyone in the company, even though it's a private yeah. API, right? So it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. something similar. So the financial details may not be open to everyone in the <coughs> company, but... Uh, uh, things like the policy documents will be open to everyone in the company.
0: Right, 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 okay. Okay. So based on the type of API you can you can control what data is open yes. to who. Okay. Okay. Of course. So um obviously API is the is the system or the way to connect to is this, an interface. In, is an interface to connect to this information, but you can't just, you know, Open, turn on your computer and, you know, have API, you have to have a, like a software which will do that connection between the server. So what kind of softwares are there to um, to make API connections?
1: So, so, so I mean, I think before we go to uh, the softwares, I think we also need to understand what are the different types of uh, APIs that we currently have in the industry. So we have something called a SOAP API. Mm-hmm. Simple object right. access protocol, which is purely XML based, so it is quite uh, data intensive. So it has the XML will have an envelope, it will have a header, it will have a body um, inside the envelope, um, and then that is uh, sent across. Now, we all are familiar with yeah. XML, so XML is platform agnostic, so anyone who wants to use an XML. They can easily, um, um, ind- independent of, the, irrespective of the system, they can use the XML. The other type of APIs are REST APIs. So this is mm-hmm. following a uh, certain patterns. Um, there are six major patterns. Uh, I'll not get into too much detail because I think it's not uh, suitable for the audience, but essentially uh, it does, uh, it handles HTML, JSON, JSON stands for JavaScript Object Notification um, and HTTP and other file, XML as well, so other, other file formats and you communicate using the HTTP interface. And the last type of API which is currently uh, quite uh, popular is a GraphQL, Graph Query Language. So Facebook came up with GraphQL, Microsoft came up with SOAP. And GraphQL is basically uh, to overcome some of the limitations of REST API, where the REST API, whenever whenever you send a request, it gets all the information available for that particular resource. Whereas GraphQL gets only the information that you query for. So suppose you want a list of users, but in that list, you want only the names. You don't want the age, you don't want the gender. With the REST API, you will get everything. But with the GraphQL, you can request just for the name. So that's the difference. So you reduce the amount of data that you have requested for by using this kind of API. So these are the different types of API. And there are tools in the market, as you asked, what are the different tools? So there are tools in the market like SOAP UI, uh, which can uh, work with these types of APIs. And then you have Postman and Swagger. I have personally worked with Postman quite a lot because uh, in one of the companies that I worked for, Privax, they were using Postman API uh, to uh, get the JSON data uh, for a particular list of servers. And uh, this was used and uh, the developers were using it to make requests. And that's where I got to learn about the tool. And since then, I've been using it quite a lot
0: right okay so postman you have a lot of experience with postman is it is it a free software to um, for anyone to use or is it
1: it is it is a free software and i think there is a premium version for it but the free version can be used easily by anyone so you can download it or you can uh, go to their website and play with it Um, and uh, once you uh, create a user ID in Postman. You can, whatever request you create on your desktop, you can actually uh, play it from your uh, website as well. And then you can play, run those API requests not just from your um, desktop, but also from any other desktop in the world because it's like synced to the website.
0: Ah, okay so, so you create syncing. the api request in one desktop but you if you you know give that api request or the or, or the what do you call it connection string i think or is it so like 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 a line of code and then you can give it
1: to anyone else no so so basically what happens is so say for example you have dropbox okay so dropbox mm-hmm. you upload a file and then you <coughs> create a folder of dropbox in your machine and you upload a file to the folder And it puts into Dropbox. Now you access Dropbox. Say currently you are in UK, but you go to India, and you access Dropbox Mm -hmm. from India, and you have the same file that you had uploaded from your desktop machine in UK. Similarly, but it needs a user login to identify who has uploaded and what they have uploaded. So similarly in Postman, you can uh, upload doc. uh, You can create requests. With multiple operations and everything, and then you can uh, log into your uh, account, and then it will get updated to your account. And using the browser from anywhere in the world, you can have access to the request that you have created on your local machine.
0: Ah, oh, right. That's pretty cool. Yes. Uh, so, yes. Um, so this the but but the Postman needs to be installed. Though where, where is Postman installed? Is it in the client and
1: uh, so yes so. Yes. Postman normally comes like a EXE uh, for Windows machine. You can also install it on um, iOS, uh, Mac OS, not iOS, Mac OS, iOS is for phones. Sorry, so Mac OS for desktops and Linux. Um, so yes, you can uh, download the executable and then you can install it on your machine. Um, and then you can run it. So once you start Postman, you just uh, make sure you are registered and you use your username and password and then you log in. And uh, then you can start using Postman.
0: Okay, well, so what, what are the
1: things you can do with Postman? So actually you can do a lot many things. So the some of the basic stuff is um, you... Identify the endpoint of where you want to send the request to the API request to, then uh, you can uh, decide what operation you want to do, whether it's a post or a put or a get request, and then you can fill in the header. So what kind of uh, message it is uh, and what is the type, then you can uh, put the body of the API request. So it has certain Say username and password to access to log in and get a response whether the login is successful or not, um, and then you can create some tests. So suppose you want to create an API test to check whether the response is received within 10 seconds, or whether the response is received with a error code, or a response is is received with a OK response which is uh, 200, um, and whether the response contains a particular string or whether the response is following a certain XML format or a JSON format, so things like that. Mm -hmm. So you can do all these things, plus you can assign variables. So suppose you want to have, you are using the endpoint n number of times, say for a get request or put request. So every time you don't want to copy the entire thing and you don't want to change each of the messages if the endpoint changes. So you put that endpoint into a variable and use that as a variable in the API uh, endpoint. And then wherever that uh, API is being used or called in whatever request, um, Postman will identify that it's a variable, this is the value, and you can then uh, play with it. Um, The other thing is defining environments. So as, as testers, we use a lot of environments like a test environment, a production environment, a UAT environment. So there are different environments. And different environments have different endpoints and values. So you can define environment variables inside Postman. And based on the environment you are using, the variables will be replaced accordingly. So suppose there is an endpoint for uat.twitter.com or uat.twitter.com slash API. Then production.twitter.com slash API. And test.twitter.com slash API. In all the three cases, uh, Twitter.com um, is common, so you can replace that. You can use the uh, UAT or this. You can say, okay, for you, uh, the URL is UAT.twitter.com, so I put that in a variable for UAT environment. And then test.twitter.com, I put that in the environment for test, uh, in the variable for test environment, and so forth. So, whenever I call the API based on the environment, I can use that variable. So, these are some of the things. Apart from that, you can run all the tests sequentially. Postman also has a command line interface, so you don't actually need the desktop version, Um, and you can interact with Postman um, using a command line. And whatever test oh. you can do uh, using the desktop version with a GUI, you can do it on the command line and uh, you can run Postman scripts in Docker containers and things like that. So yeah, a lot of powerful features.
0: Yeah, that these are very powerful. Yeah, you're right. And uh, I didn't know that um, you, you can you can variabilize the, the yes. you know, all the, that's that, that could be very powerful because that would help, you know, uh, a, a, a number of big tasks. You can you can use it use use variables to make it a lot easier for the developers. Yes. and you can also yes. do various validation checks, as you mentioned. That's that's really powerful. So, um, you mentioned there are different types of API, like you know REST, REST or SOAP or Graph. Um, but can Postman deal with all
1: these all the these three kinds of API, or can it just do REST? So a Postman can deal with all the different uh, APIs. Um, so every API will have an endpoint. So you put the endpoint, and then every API will have certain operations. So you define the operations. The only thing that will differ is the body of the uh, request that you're sending. So for a SOAP request, it will the body will always be in XML format following an XML message. Um, and for REST, it could be XML or uh, HTML or JSON. And for GraphQL, I think it is just JSON.
0: It is JSON.
1: It's not, I I don't think it is JSON. So these are the (laughs) main different message types. um, And Postman can work with these three different types of API messages.
0: Ah, okay. But do you have to say? tell it that okay that we, now we are making a connection to soap or making a connection to you it, just, it just uh, automatically because
1: like. because the server is expecting a say a soap a soap request or a, a rest request or a graphql request based on the request that you send the server will interpret and send you a response so if you don't send it in the right format the server will not respond to you correctly
0: Right, right, right. So I've, I've, I've had, you know, when you say REST request, I've also had uh, this term called HTTP request. Are they the same thing or what's the difference?
1: So it uses the HTTP protocol to connect. So if you look at the endpoint of REST, it is mm-hmm. nothing but a URL. And that URL is similar to the URL of a web page. I see. So okay. it, is, it is using the hypertext transfer protocol to communicate over the internet to a server.
0: I see. That's why it's called HTTP request. I was thinking maybe it's because, you know, it's it's no. websites, but no. Okay. Okay. That's, that's good to know. Um, then, I mean, obviously you mentioned all, all these three types. SOAP, REST, and graph, which one is best or which one is ideal for what kind of work? What's the difference?
1: So... Soap is normally used in uh, industries that want a lot of security, say banks, insurance companies. REST is uh, pretty much, uh, it's very simple to use and a lot of people who have standard interfaces, they normally go for REST. Graph is used for people who or users who want to have control over the information that they request for. So they don't want overfetching or underfetching. So they don't want everything and they don't want less of something. And with GraphQL, you can query multiple endpoints in one query.
0: Right, right, right. So okay. it depends so upon I'm,
1: the use case.
0: So uh, you mentioned SOAP is for, you know, organization that requires, you know, many more security. Does it mean that REST and Graph are less secured or?
1: Uh, it's secure based on the uh, way it's implemented. Right. Okay. So the messaging format for SOAP has some main build security, but for REST and graph, uh, I wouldn't say it's less secure, but it's it's based on how it's uh implemented, the specification.
0: I see. I see. Okay. But in SOAP, by default, it has to be more secure. It That's has to the...
1: be, yeah, because uh, it is very verbose. So you, it is very um i mean you have to define every data type so it's it's very particular
0: right 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 okay so i think you've mentioned already you can uh you know going back to postman you can install that in in any any uh operating system linux or yes. um, mac etc as well Okay, how about, how about um, Chrome extension or mobile app? Do Postman
1: have any of those? I think there is a Chrome extension, uh, but you can actually run Postman from a browser by just logging into Postman using a user ID and whatever request and response. Whatever request you have created in your Postman desktop version, you can access them from the website. Apart from that, uh, oh. Postman has a mobile, it's a mobile proxy server. So whatever request is going from your mobile, you can, the request can go via the proxy server of Postman and you can see the request going through Postman. It's Right,
0: okay, so it's like a, a monitoring.
1: It's like a monitoring. So all the traffic is going via Postman. Uh, so it's, it's something different to making a API request.
0: Right, 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 okay. So it's not API request, but you can still monitor all the data that's going and you can check if-, if Yes if if you find any anomalies etc
1: exactly so suppose you connect right. your mobile phone and it's sending data to google or facebook without your knowledge you can see it mm-hmm. in the calls that is being made because it's a proxy server mm-hmm. so all the requests are going from the server and you can uh, see the list
0: ah okay okay so um maybe maybe this is a little bit deviation from today's topic but what's a proxy server
1: <laughs> Okay, a proxy server is nothing but um, a redirection. So, suppose yeah. you send your request from your computer to a server, say, Google.com. So, Google.com sits on a machine, which is the Google server. And you have a machine, Renath machine. And Renat's mm-hmm. machine sends a request to Google server from UK. Mm-hmm. Now... You want to send the request from India, but you're not in India. So what, what would you do? So you send a request to a server in India and that server sends the request to Google on your behalf from India. And Google will think that the request is coming from India and it will serve the local content suitable for Indian users so proxy server right. is redirecting your request or making sure that the request goes through that server instead of going through directly now what happens is that because the the request is going through the proxy server you can monitor the information on that server it is similar to an isp server so you actually don't make a request directly to google you actually send a request to the isp server the internet service provider and they then send a request to google and then it comes back to the isp and then it comes back to your machine now this is how criminals or people who want to get into criminal activities get caught because they forget about this part so police normally or the Law, law enforcement agencies they normally contact the isps for the record of okay what ips have connected in this particular duration where is this request coming from and where is this request going to so um so isps can be considered a proxy server because you're not sending the request directly to google.com you send it so if you have a connection from bt or virgin you send the request to their uh, server and they then send it to uh them
0: right okay that's that's very interesting interesting to know actually yeah so um going back to postman and its capabilities um what um in terms of security you mentioned soap is very secure but in in, can postman do various like you know uh, uh do like secured connection? Can it handle OAuth signatures or things like that? Yes.
1: So Postman, so normally in order to access uh, an API, you would normally need a token or a username or a password and Postman Mm -hmm. can handle all those types of uh, requests. So it can handle OAuth tokens, it can handle basic HTTP username and password login methods. It can handle without any username and password. So it can handle all those tip types. And it can work with HTTPS and HTTP. So HTTP normal, which are not secure, and then the HTTP secure websites as well.
0: Right, 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 okay, okay. So there is no, is there anything that Postman can't do? I mean,
1: I've used it to (laughs) the extent, uh, based on the business requirements. So these are some of the things that I can think of, but um, I'm Mm -hmm. sure there are Mm -hmm. tools that can do something else as well. But Postman uh, and SOAP UI are quite popular. Right, okay. And of course they're popular for a reason,
0: because I'm sure they they have a comprehensive list of things that they can do. And
1: it's not just a comprehensive list, but they also have a good documentation. Um, and they have a good uh, community. So, um, so yes, it's easy to start and uh, work with it. And also if you want to define your API, so suppose uh, Renat Malik wants to create their own mm-hmm. API, they can actually create the API and uh, create the documentation out of Postman. Postman will create the documentation for you.
0: Ah, right. So you can actually, so it's not just that Postman is a client who gets information or, you know, connects to an existing API, but can you also create your API as the server using Postman?
1: I think you can because, uh, remember, I'm a tester, so I'm not a developer, but I think because there is a feature where you can generate the documentation for an API, I'm guessing uh, it is for developers. So I think you can create... But uh, I might not be the right person to answer that question.
0: <laughs> okay, no problem at all. But yeah, that would be that would be that would be very um, interesting to know, and um, uh, I'm sure we'll find out. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, in, in terms of like a practical example in a, in a real life scenario, what, 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 you know, if I wanted to make a call with Postman, say for example into Google Maps API what are the steps well give me a practical example of using Postman
1: so Google Maps um, say suppose you want to get a list of all the locations in a particular postcode or something like that okay um, so for that you need the endpoint you need to understand what operation you're going to do which is get post put delete. Um, then you need Mm -hmm. to understand which resource you want to access. So in this case, it will be locations on the map. Okay. And then uh, when you send the API request, as I mentioned earlier, it will have a header. It will have a body. The header will tell what is the type of the content. So it could be JSON, HTML um, or uh, XML. And it will also have the authorization. So whether you need a username or password for that, and uh, whether or uh, you can do it with a token, and then um, then you just send the request. And the moment you send the request, you get a response. The response will be uh, again in a JSON format, XML format, or HTML. An HTML is a page, a web page. So you can open that response in a browser and it'll give you a website. So that's how uh, requests are sent and responses are received. It will also give you the status code. So you send a request to the Google API um, API for a location. It'll send you whether it's available, not available, or whether you have access, you don't have access. So it'll send you the response code. So this is a practical way of doing it. You start. You create a request and then you um, send the request, receive a response and read the response. Now, the other thing is, you may want to create a collection of response. So suppose you are dealing with multiple endpoints, Google, Microsoft, Twitter. So you have three API calls for Google, uh, four API calls for Microsoft, and then maybe five uh, API calls for Twitter. So you can club those responses into a collection all the all the requests for google will be in google all the requests for microsoft will be with microsoft and all the requests for uh, twitter will be in twitter and uh, once the collection is created then it's easy to deal with the different apis because then you can define the variables so i mean right. this is so- one way you would use postman on a regular basis
0: so that's that's very interesting, as you mentioned you know you can have like you know three different providers and you can do a num a series of things so can you can you automate this in 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 Postman like you know you have a series of tasks with different apis and can you automate the whole thing so you can only have to do it once and
1: yes so once you once you create a collection, say for Google, so you have created say five or six requests and they are in a particular sequence. Um, and then you have made sure that you get the valid response. You can run the entire collection, and you can see all the codes together.
0: Right, right, right. So in a collection can be as long and and with different exactly. API systems. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah, way, yeah. I could I could create like a, a series, like a collection with like many things that would in you know, for me, if I wanted to do it manually, it will take me a long time. But I can just run the collection.
1: So you and it you, will so normally what happens is when you want to automate, it's things that you do repeatedly. Yeah. So if you do it once, then you just create the request and you receive a response and you check if it's working. But if you want to check it again and again, rather than going to the request and then uh, sending it and waiting for a response, you create all the tests, what you are expecting, Mm -hmm. the format, the response code, uh, the time duration in which you receive the response, things like that. And then you put it in the collection, and then you run the uh, all the uh, all the requests in the collection as one whole sequence, uh, as one whole bunch, and then uh, you just see whether all the tests have passed. So you don't have to worry about uh, running it individually. So it help it makes your life very simple. And the scenario where you would want to automate is where you want to check whether the API is running or not whether it's sending the right response or not. Every time I right. query it.
0: Right, 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 I see, okay. So um, here's another question. Why is it called Postman? Because it does post, get, put, everything, everything it does, but why is it only called Postman?
1: Well, that that's a, that's a good uh, question, but I, <laughs> I think I don't have an answer for that. I think it's uh, got to do, I'm, I'm just guessing it, maybe it's got to do with a Postman. Uh, who takes the post from a house or delivers messages to houses. So it's doing that job as the job of a waiter, which I described initially.
0: (laughs) Right. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot more sense because initially I thought that, you know, in API you can make four types of things. Yeah. One of them is post. And I thought the name was from that post, uh, you know, that this, the, but okay, now this is, this is actually more interesting. Okay. I mean, but
1: so, bear in mind, this is only an assumption. <laughs> I, I might have to do some research on it, but I'm guessing it is because of that. It's from that analogy of a waiter.
0: Right, 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 okay, okay. Okay, no, no, that's that's still good good analogy to sort of think of the whole thing, whole technology. So you mentioned Soap UI as well as Postman, and uh, these are the two most popular ones.
1: There is Swagger as well. There is Swagger as well. And I've seen, um, I mean, a lot of job adverts, they normally go for either Postman, Swagger or Soap UI. Soap UI normally has very limited features in its uh, base version. So you'll have to go for the commercial version to, um, to get access to more features. Postman uh, by nature has a lot of features, so it's easy to start with. And Swagger is something that I'm not familiar with because I've not uh, got a chance to work with it.
0: All right, so these are these are kind of the top three. And um, you know, getting the description from you, it seems like you know, for for an individual user, it's best to start with Postman because you get a lot of feature feature for free, and then. Move on I would say yes,
1: one. because uh, from my experience, I've I've seen a lot of people using Postman uh, for testing their APIs. Even in our current project, we are using Postman to talk to the Clio Harmony API. So I think, yes, I would suggest people to start Postman first and uh, then play with other uh, API tools if you want other features. Um, so, yeah.
0: Okay, okay, that's good to know. So... Um, In terms of actually, um, you know, doing something, say for example, if I want to go to, you know, you mentioned Google Maps or, you know, Twitter, say for example, if I wanted to, for example, I'm sure YouTube probably also has an API. And if I wanted to sort of uh, get, you know, data information from a number of videos from YouTube, so I can install Postman in here, in my local machine, and then make an API call and then get all the so if if there is there a limit of you know data I can I can request from these websites I mean it,
1: that is a very interesting question and yes I think uh, for some uh, free public APIs they do put a limit as to how many calls mm-hmm. you can make uh, in a month or in a day or in a week. Um, because they don't want uh scam requests spam requests not scam sorry spam mm-hmm. requests uh, to come to their server and normally for uh, servers like uh, google uh, where you want to access to get access to their apis youtube or google maps you would need a token so until uh, unless you have a token they will not send you the response and in order to receive a token you have to register with the email id
0: Right, right, right. Okay. And uh, is it that um, so how do I know before, you know, say, for example, how do I know whether YouTube is using SOAP or REST or, um, you know, what kind of API they're using?
1: Before. So uh, most of the companies will have a documentation for their APS that they are using and the documentation will tell what kind of request they accept and how to send the request and how to say, uh, what kind of response you can expect from the request that you send. They will also tell uh, the authorization if anything is needed, the headers that you need to send and the content type. So all these things will be mentioned normally in the documentation for any API that you want to get access to.
0: Right, 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 okay. And um, so, you know, if if someone knows, you know, Postman Inside Out or, you know, SOAP UI Inside Out, is it is it enough to sort of, you know, get a full-time job based on this this skill, uh, you know, just making API connection or is it, or is it just one of many skills you have to have to get a... Like so the job IT. will
1: not be to use postman the job will be either to test apis or to, to develop apis so i think that is the right, job right 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 so apis are quite crucial is there
0: like is there like a, like a, like a full time api tester because if i if i test say for example i don't know facebook api once that's one testing is done you don't you know but you know someone whose whose job is to test apis they 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 just did their finish i mean is there a need to keep testing many things or
1: so it is it is an interesting question because uh, think like this um, whenever you deliver a product you keep upgrading its updating its features mm-hmm. similarly yeah. with an api the test would be before its launch so you make sure that everything is working the response and everything but over a period of time your website changes so the api request changes so you need to do some test on it You can either automate it or you can hire a manual, a tester, who can do testing for you. Um, So, essentially, APIs are ways in which web applications interact with each other independent of the platform. So, I don't care whether the server is running on Apache or NGINX or anything else. Uh, and I don't care if it's uh, written in Java or uh, Python or C++, I send the request, I get a response. That's all I care. I don't even care what the database is and things like that. So for a developer, that is quite useful. And similarly for a tester because a tester will get the advantage of knowing uh, how the application behaves based on the request that is sent and the response that is received. So it's good to understand the application. But um, there is, you cannot say API testing as a whole is a job. It is a part of a job of a much bigger thing of testing in general or of developing in general. And almost all companies now, they are developing APIs to make their um, uh, resources public. Because it's like this, Uh, if you have a platform or if you have a platform which has a, which you can give access to everyone, imagine all the minds working together to come up with some creative solutions using your platform, which you may not have thought of. Yes. So yes, this is absolutely. a very powerful way to give access and uh, for people to come up with solutions that even companies have not thought about.
0: Wow, that is that is very powerful. Yeah, that is very interesting to know as well. Okay, so that's that's really good. So for a for a developer or for a tester, this is this is like a you know quite an integral piece of information or knowledge to to have on how to make API calls. Uh, so that that would I'm sure uh, help a lot of viewers understanding what the importance of of you know knowing this whole arena and uh, all of this information and the software is. Yes. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I kind of um, have, you know, have a really good understanding from you now, from about APIs and um, Postman and all the different kind of requests you can make. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add to to our viewers to uh, about this topic?
1: Uh, I think uh, just. Uh yeah i think uh, there is one thing that i want to add uh, this is uh, a website that i was actually asked uh, to work with for an interview so they asked me to go to the website called reqres.in and req stands for request and res stands for response so request response but in the short form reqres.in and that is a very uh, it's a free website so you if you want to get access to an api without any authorizations or, or and that to a public API that you want to play with, you want to learn about APIs. This is a very good website to start learning about APIs. And I would highly recommend this website.
0: Okay, no, that is actually really good, good information to have actually. I should have actually asked that before, yes. Because obviously we, we, we came to know about softwares that we can download but um you know a, a website that we can connect to we could make api calls to that's actually a very good one to know um, yes. so yes, yes. Uh, uh viewers note it down req dot com dot i n okay so yeah. this is this is a good good place to do your api calls practice and uh, um, let us know what you what you found out or what you created or um you know if you if you were able to make successful api calls what response you got etc etc so um that was uh, that was that was very informative thank you very much amit for all the information and all the knowledge this this will definitely help us um help out a lot of our viewers i'm sure so um, yeah, thank you very much. Um, thanks a lot, viewers, for listening to us, and um, definitely let us know what you think and uh, what you were able to do in terms of if you played with Postman or any other um, client softwares to make API calls. Um, yeah,
1: thank you so much, um, Renat, for this uh, for this uh, session uh, where we go to learn a bit more about APIs and the tools. So thank you so much for this opportunity. And um, yeah, I request all the viewers and listeners uh, to please subscribe to our channel and to, uh, and to eagerly wait for the next uh, episode uh, on another interesting uh, technical topic.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, some of the some of the very interesting to- uh, we are planning to do a lot of very interesting topics. Um, some of the topics are very like um, up and coming current technological, you know, cutting edge technological topics. So um, it is, you know, catered for everyone, not just for technical people, for anyone non-technical who wants to have an overall understanding. Of these um, uh, of these topics, they can sort of listen to all of these sessions, and I'm sure they will um, go away with much better understanding. Thanks again, and hope to see you again in next week. Bye. Bye.